Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. Welcome back to this week's episode. I am your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me as always is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen. Man, Christian, we are so close, so close to recording two out of the last three Tigers in 20 in person together. And we just, we were too exhausted, man. We were, we were both just beat. Yeah, we got, we got back Saturday night, kind of both looked at each other. And I think you said, you really want to do this still? I kind of just looked back and was ready for bed too. So yeah, we got close, but we're, you know, we're still 200 miles apart again. Well, for those of you that don't know, the reason why we're both so completely exhausted even now a few days later is that we both spent you know over 72 hours uh, almost straight with very little breaks in the gym. Uh, Christian, a little bit longer. He started on Wednesday morning. Uh, I started on Thursday morning. Uh, so just exhausting living in the gym for, for four and five days straight and having very little breaks. Uh, having horrible food, Christian. Uh, how was your first like July evaluation period? Well, like you said, I want to start on that point because it is very exhausting. Uh, it's tiring. It was a seven-hour drive for me both ways, along with like you said, being in the gym for five hours. But it's very difficult to not love what you're doing, regardless of how tired, how exhausted you are, um, what type of food you're eating, where you're sleeping. It it's a fun job. It's fun to be able to do what we do. Um, but first, you know, first time on the circuit, uh, at Peach Jam, which like I told you was a a crazy experience for the first time on the circuit, but very enjoyable. And then being, being able to come down to Hoover, Alabama for the Adidas gauntlet and watch it, uh, alongside you, for me, it was a great first AAU experience. Well, you know, first AAU experience for Christian, but you know, this, this thing is not new to a ton of guys that Memphis is recruiting. And I, I I somehow made that into the perfect segue, but, uh, we, we need to talk about, I mean, we've got a ton to talk about. We've got, uh, almost double digit current targets to, to go over. And then we've got eight new targets that we've identified for Memphis basketball recruiting in the class of 2020, 2021, and 2022. So, to start, let's cover how some of the current Memphis targets that everybody knows about looked for their Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour program. So first off, I'm going to start with the one tournament we didn't go to, and that's the UAA Finals. We, you know, we can't, you know, clone ourselves. We can't be in five places at once, even though I wish we could. Um, but we were not there for Team Thad's massive. UAA Finals Championship run where Matthew Morrell had a massive game, was uh, finished with 31 points, was named the tournament MVP. Uh, just congratulations to Team Thad. So, you know, Christian Matthew Morrell was massive. Um, and I know that you watched part of that game. What did you see out of Team Thad? And, you know, any, any thoughts on Team Thad and their championship run? Well, I think nowadays you see all these teams that have multiple five-star guys and then you have a team like Team Thad who has a lot of solid players, uh, Dietrich Reeves, Matthew Morell, Cameron Matthews from Olive Branch. Uh, but they don't necessarily have some of the big names that these other teams have. 
but they play so well together. Matthew Morrell, to me, as I've been saying for what feels like a year now, uh, is an underrated prospect. I've said for some time now that I believe he'll end up in the top 30. So when you have a player like that along with a team that just meshes very well together and play for each other, then you get a team that wins the UAA finals. Well, you know, Team Thad has done one thing in the city of Memphis with AAU ball, and that is win consistently. And to me, looking at you know, you know, looking at their teams from the outside, they have a system, and they are consistent year in, year out. They get their guys to play so hard. Uh, they're, they're always right there in the thick of things with the UAA. So, you know, just big ups to, to Norton Hurd, to – Tony Sarwar, to all of the, the team dad coaches and all the people around that program, just massive win for the city of Memphis and team dad. So that said, the only other Memphis target that plays in UAA really uh, right now, the, the current targets we know about is Jaden Springer. And Jaden Springer is currently out with an injury. Um, so we're going to kind of browse uh, or peruse. What's the right word, Christian? We're just going to glide right on by Jaden Springer is that I mean did I completely yeah, we're botch gonna, that yep yeah, we're gonna glide right over that I glide. think the glide was okay yeah, we're gonna glide right over it uh so um so moving on from UAA the current targets were pretty much all centralized at Peach Jam where you were and I want to start with a guy that Memphis has been on for quite a while they've established an extremely good relationship with them and that's 6'8 power forward 6'9 uh, Greg Brown out of Texas, just a monster. He's, uh, you know, freak athlete. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that Memphis targeted early. So what did you see from Greg Brown this week? I think the first thing from Greg that jumps off the page, and it's what everyone already knows, is, like you said, his freakish athletic ability, his ability to play over the rim. I mean, it's it's really something to be able to watch a player like Greg Brown do the things that he does because – if he starts out slow in a game, he can get going easier than a lot of other players can. A lot of players, when they start out slow and they're struggling, uh, you kind of see their mentality break a little bit. But Greg Brown keeps playing through it, and he's, he tends to always find a way to get involved, uh, regardless if he's scoring or not. And then when he does start scoring, you kind of see his intensity ramp up, and the whole team really plays off of that. And I think that is a big component of his game that has really been undiscussed but to me that was one of the biggest things that I saw past that though shot blocking uh playing down low dunking rebounding are all uh tops you know one of the tops in the class but one of the things that I spoke with him about was being labeled as a guy that's just a dunker or just a lob finisher and he really is more than that because he is great with the ball in his hands he can dribble uh, he has a, a great fallback shot. He can shoot from mid-range. He can shoot from three. And although he doesn't do that a ton, it's honestly because he doesn't have to, not because he can't. And when he does, you can see his ability to do that. Um, and he doesn't look – I mean, you know some players like that that are 6'8", 6'9", and usually play around the rim look kind of awkward when they play outside, and he really doesn't. He looks comfortable all over the floor. Well, you know, speaking of another guy that looks comfortable all over the floor and is a freak athlete – uh, the second guy that I wanted to talk about uh, from Peach Jam is Jalen Green. And you didn't get a chance to actually watch the championship game. I did. Jalen Green was absolutely dominant. He ended up finishing with, I think, 29 points. Uh, had the play that sent the game into overtime. And just, 
looked extremely good, scored the ball from anywhere on the court, was pretty much dominant when he got the ball and was aggressive. So, Christian, what do you think about Jalen Green? To me, the the best thing to look at as soon as you think about Jalen Green is star players, elite players have a tendency to draw crowds, and that's exactly what Jalen Green does, and that's what I saw pretty much all week in Augusta was every time Jalen Green played, the gym was packed, and it's just because he is that type of player. He's a freak athlete. He's electric. Uh, he can score. Yeah, he is electric. I mean, the the way he finishes at the rim – uh, the swagger he carries himself with is is unlike many players in this class, and a lot of people have asked me about Jalen Green, you know, during this week because he is such a high profile player. And the thing that I say is that Jalen does have his flaws, and I think I think his flaws are are pretty apparent. But the things that he does, he does great. I mean, like we said, his scoring ability is off the charts. Um, he's a great teammate, which I think another thing like you know Greg Brown is it gets lost when people are evaluating players. He's constantly picking teammates up and um, encouraging his teammates. So Jalen Green all around, there's a reason he's a top 10 player, top five player in the class. And that was my first time getting to see him in person. And you can see somebody on TV or you can hear about somebody or watch highlight films and see elite athleticism. But when you see it in person, you you know pretty much immediately. And Jalen Brown is Jalen Brown's Jalen Green. Sorry is certainly an, an elite athlete, and um, obviously there's a reason he's been probably Memphis's first target in the 2020 class for this much time now. Well, if uh, if Greg Brown does have a little brother, and he happens to name him Jalen, I'm sure Memphis will recruit him. But uh, you know that would have worked out well for that for that piece right 100%. there. 100. Uh, percent So moving on, let's go to another Greg Brown teammate uh, in Cade Cunningham. He plays for the Texas Titans. And honestly, I think we're, we we can probably glide right over him pretty quickly uh, because, uh, honestly, I think that, you know, we talked about before Peach Jam that some of the targets would shift as the Memphis staff went through the July evaluation period. And I think that you'll see that with Cade Cunningham. I think you'll see him move from a top-tier priority for Memphis slowly but surely slide down that list because of his brother's hire at Oklahoma State. So I'm going to kind of skip over him a little bit if you're cool with that. What do you think, Christian? That's another glide. All right, let's do it. Let's glide. Uh, Chris Moore. You know, we're not we're not gliding over this one. Memphis loves Chris Moore. He's a dog, has a, a high motor, and he just produces. And that did not change at Peach Jam this week. No, not at all. And – motor like you said motor is the first thing that you think of when you think of Chris Moore because he's not somebody that consistently has to have the ball in his hands or consistently has to be scoring 15 or 20 a game Chris Moore is a player that is going to go to work he's going to play defense he's going to get rebounds he's going to do all the dirty work that helps his team win he's a lot like Malcolm Dandridge in that sense you know we talked about Malcolm a lot last year in the 2019 class and kind of his lunch pail mentality on top of his athleticism. And Chris Moore is the same way. He just comes to work. Uh, you're never going to hear him complain about anything. He's going to do whatever it takes to help his team win. Uh, and those guys cannot be under – you know, they, they can't be understated. They're too good. They're too important to teams. And I think that's why Woods Elite surprises some people because they don't have a ton of talent. Uh, you know, they're not, they're not like a Texas Titans or a team why not. They don't have that type of talent. 
but they have a guy like Chris Moore who holds the team together and does whatever the team needs. I mean, at six foot seven, he's one of the top rebounders on the EYBL circuit. He averaged almost ten rebounds for the week at Peach Jam, uh, which for his size, you know, you shouldn't be able to do that with the type of players that play on the EYBL circuit. But with his determination, matched with his skill level, uh, he's able to be one of the best players down low on the EYBL circuit. Well, Jerry Meyer, while watching uh, Chris Moore, one of the first days of Peach Jam, tweeted, really, really like Chris Moore's game. Competitor, physical, versatile, screams vital role player for a championship caliber team to me. So, you know, one of our national recruiting uh, experts, Jerry Meyer, agrees with uh, both of our evaluations. I think that the, the key here is that he's just kind of like a glue guy. Uh, he's a guy that you need on a winning team. So that said, the only other prospect that is kind of a current target that everyone knows about that we've covered extensively was a guy that I had a chance to watch over at the Adidas Gauntlet Summer Championships in Daylon Terry. He's six six point guard. He plays for the Compton Magic. Uh, and man, this was my first time putting two eyes on Dalen in a gym in person. And you know what's crazy is his box score does not tell the story of how he impacts a game. He is his fingerprint is all over a game. He's super long, has tremendous feel for the game, uh, high level court vision, great passer, and he just he makes plays. And they don't always show up in the box score, so he may finish a game with. Nine points, seven rebounds, and seven assists. But he actually was the MVP for his team in that game. So this was my first time seeing him. I know you've seen him before. What do you think about Dalen Terry? Well, the first thing that jumps off the page is size. You know, six six, six seven point guards are not as rare now as they used to be, but it's still not something you see every day. And the way that he controls the ball and runs the floor you know paired with his size is very impressive to watch and a lot like you said court vision basketball IQ are off the charts which which we've learned is something that this staff prioritizes and it's why Dalen's been a target for so long Uh, I got to watch Dalen at the MBPA top 100 camp got to watch him this weekend with you at the Adidas gauntlet and it's just the same thing he's such a consistent player he doesn't have to score a ton of points because that's not really his game he you know he can shoot uh, he can get down low, but he really wants to get his teammates involved. He really wants to to make those passes, and I think it's I honestly think it's refreshing to see a player who loves passing the ball and loves getting his teammates involved, and that that's exactly what Dalen does. Um, and he told you know he told us at MBPA Top 100 camp that Penny told him he plays a lot like Penny, which I feel like has kind of become a regurgitated statement since Penny became the head coach. But with watching Dalen, he you know he does play the game like Penny. He's not a selfish player. Uh, he makes he makes flashy passes look really easy, which is not an easy thing to do. So it was, for me, watching Dalen a lot of the same, just kind of being blown away by his passing ability and his unselfishness. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, Christian, 
that's it for the current known 2020 targets that people know about. Um, but we uh, together wrote an article for the front of the site early this week and spelled out eight new brand new names. Uh, two of them have been teased on Twitter a little bit. Uh, not a ton of information out there on them up to date. But we, we detailed eight brand new recruits to, to put on the radar for Memphis basketball recruiting. Uh, and really the first one that I really think is going to be a, a high priority for Memphis moving forward is a 2020 guy named Matty Sizoko. And I'm pretty sure I did not butcher that name because I had somebody at Adidas Gauntlet very specifically tell me his name and how to pronounce it. So I feel pretty good about when, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm usually the guy that's going to butcher the name. So Christian, he's, he was at UAA and neither one of us got to see him this week. But you actually had a chance to watch him at the MBPA Top 100 camp. So, what did you think about Maddie then, even though you didn't know that he was a Memphis target at that time? First off, Brooks, I am so proud of you for pronouncing the name right. Yeah. You are well known for mispronouncing, so props on that. But so, like you said, I saw Maddie Sissoko for the first time at the MBPA camp a little over a month ago, long before I knew Memphis would be involved with him and. I kind of gravitated towards him the whole time. Like, every time he was on the floor, I was hoping a Memphis target was playing too so I could watch him play again. He is nonstop. His motor goes the whole time. He's He doesn't take any possessions off. He's going to be up and down the floor. Uh, he's a great block, a shot blocker. He plays above the rim. Uh, he finishes well. I haven't seen, you know, how well he's developed a mid-range or outside game. But as far as playing down logos, I think he is one of the best bigs in the 2020 class. It totally makes sense why Memphis is, you know, is, is evaluating him and pot will potentially offer and, and really get involved with him because he fits the mold. He, you know, he's a guy that could fit into Penny Hardaway's system because he can run the floor so well. Uh, he's not a big man that's gonna slow the team down or slow uh, possessions down because he really gets up and down the floor. Uh, he. One, I think this is something that me and you have talked about so much, and it's it's guys that we both really gravitate to towards. It's just guys that play hard, guys that want to be out there playing basketball. Um, they don't take any possessions off. So, to me, that is who Maddie Sissoko is. With that said, Brooks, a guy that you were able to watch a few times this week, top 45 player in the 2020 class, Josh Hall from Team Loaded. Yeah, so my first opportunity to watch Josh Hall – uh, was a moment when Memphis assistant Tony T Madlock was sitting courtside um, also watching Josh Hall. And Hall is a 6'9", super, super long uh, step-out face-up four um, who is extremely high Q, has a gorgeous shot. Uh, it's inconsistent, but his, his deep ball is just as pretty as it gets. Um, but he's one of the hottest players of the summer. He's uh, picked up offers from Georgia Tech, Texas, Florida, Kansas, NC State. So it ranges the gamut of SEC, Big 12, ACC. Um, but he's just uh, a perfect four that can score the ball. Uh, he was originally part of the 2019 class and reclassified and is playing with Team Loaded North Carolina. Uh, put on an extremely perfect Christian, can you make fun of me whenever I mess up like that? Let's just keep this thing going. Like, I want people to hear this stuff. 
We, I mean, they, they can hear it. Are you okay with that? Are you, are you speechless yeah. right now? Uh, I, I mean, to me, it's pretty funny because you're always the one making fun of me for messing up. I was trying to give you a break, but if you want me to make fun of you, I <laughs> yeah, definitely will. Rib me a little bit, man. Yeah, he's playing for uh, Team Loaded in North Carolina, and just he was extremely impressive. Uh, another guy that I had a chance to watch that uh, Madlock, uh, Cody Topper, and Mike Miller all watched was uh, 2020 point guard and Caleb Murphy. He's he's now sitting right around 6'4", even though he's listed at 6'2". I stood right next to him, and he, he is definitely – a big point guard. He's currently rated as a three-star guard, but man, he had uh, as good of a week as anybody that I saw here in in Hoover, Alabama, this weekend. Uh, and he put on a show right in front of Mike Miller. So I, I would not be shocked to see Memphis involved with Caleb uh, at all. Um, so that's it for the new 2020 guys. And for the sake of time, Christian, I, I think we just need to try to be as short as possible on these 2021 guys we didn't talk about any current 2020 uh 2021 targets we're not going to talk about all of the brand new 2021 targets let's talk about standouts from the 2021 class out of any of the guys that you saw either old or new who was your standout from peach jam or i guess you could do from uh from the adidas gauntlet but who was your standout and why I think anybody who listens to me or reads the things that I write know exactly where I'm going here. I know you know exactly where I'm going here, and that is five-star class of 2021 guard Terrence Terrence Clark, Clark. who I've said is probably (laughs) my favorite player in high school basketball right now just as far as the way he plays and the type of mentality he has. Uh, I got to watch him at MBPA for the first time, and then got I probably watched him four or five times throughout the week at Peach Jam just because he is – effortless man he it doesn't matter where he's at on the floor offense defense you know talking to his teammates on the sideline cheering for his teammates everything he does just looks effortless uh, he's listed at 6'6 six, six, but I saw him stand next to Jonathan Kaminga who's listed at 6'8 and I couldn't tell much height differential uh, so I would say Terrence Clark's probably around 6'7 six, 6'7 seven, six, seven and a half has no problem moving up and down the floor can finish at the basket uh, can hit shots relentless man he is a dog he doesn't stop on the floor he plays great defense which is something that you know is more and more rare these days is seeing shooting guards play defense at the level that he plays defense and I think the thing from this week that stood out the most to me about Terrence Clark is he matched up against Jonathan Kaminga who is now the top top ranked player in 2021 uh, held his own against them uh, you know, didn't back down from the fight whatsoever, which I wouldn't expect from Terrence Clark. Uh, but following, uh, you know, one of his games during the week, during the week, Seabrooks, now now you get to make fun of me. Uh, during the but, week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 21. That shouldn't be happening anymore, man. Right. Uh, but following one of his games earlier in the week, we got to talk to him, you know, about his recruitment, about his experience at Peach Jam. And one of the things that stands out the most is the way he talks about Penny Hardaway and the staff um, and the plans that they have for him if he was to come from, come to Memphis. So we'll listen to what Terrence had to say from Pete Sham this week. Uh, I think they want me to be there as a guard. Uh, Penny wants to show me the ways. I think him being a great player in the NBA and uh, who he was, I think he wants to just give me a lot of teaching moments and stuff like that on the court and off the court too. So 
Uh, I think with Memphis, the main thing is just fitting into the system as a guard, and um, that's really what I want to be. So I think that's the main thing for them. What are some of the aspects of your game that they've told you that they like, and what are some things that they've told you to work on? Um, just versatility. I think they think I can play one, two, or three. And um, Penny thinks that I can be a guard as much as I, I think I can be. So, um, you know, everybody kind of labels me as a wing. He thinks that I could be a guard, and that's what he's trying to, you know, kind of give me teaching moments on that. You know, after uh, the first session, the first thing he told me was, you know, just wearing handles and everything like that. Just telling my coaches so. And that's the main thing for me. I just want to work on my gameplay and development and then, uh, you know, try to step up and, yeah, make plays. So, Brooks, Terrence Clark was my standout. I had two tournaments to choose from. I know your tournament to choose from is going to be the Adidas Gauntlet. So, from your four days of watching the Adidas Gauntlet, who was your standout? Well, Christian, first off, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm going to give you a pass on your, your voice crack because I, there's a very good possibility that I could have one any moment now. This is a side effect of when you spend four days in a gym uh, eating horrible food, uh, talking nonstop for like basically like 14 hours straight. It's very, very taxing on your vocal cords, and I think we're both on the struggle bus tonight, so you get a pass. Dude, we, we are struggling right? tonight. I apologize for, for the audio tonight because we are struggling. Well, at least this. we're muting our mics on the coughs and, and us hacking up our lungs. So uh, that's we got to let the people know what, what we do this to is bring real them life, this. People. We are struggling. Real life. But we're making it. All right. My standout, though, uh, was 6'7", shooting guard, class of 21 from uh, Dallas, Texas, Harrison Ingram. He's one of the new names we mentioned in our VIP article on, on the eight new targets for 2020, 2021, and 2022. Harrison, if you've never seen – just go look up his uh, his height and weight. He is just a bruising guard. He's got a massive frame, and I don't mean massive like he's overweight. He's just – he's built like a, like a tight end. Um, you know, he's kind of got kind of that – uh, it's not. He's not toned. He's not like a bodybuilder, but he's just big, and he knows how to. He's bulky. Yeah, I mean, he just knows how to use almost like a, like a high school version of Paul Pierce build. You know, like that thick. Just knows how to use his frame and his body to punish smaller defenders, and he's super skilled for six seven and being as big as he is, and and that allows him to make plays against guys that you know an opposing team might throw at him who are you know maybe six five six six, uh, but he had a tremendous week for YCG thirty six sixteen under team, um, and they they just they literally ran almost everything that they did through Ingram, uh, so Ingram is a guy that Memphis assistant Tony Madlock has built a relationship with, uh, is extremely close with his family. And Harrison Ingram actually took a, an unofficial visit to Memphis prior to the Adidas Gauntlet Summer Championships. And, you know, he he really glowed about his visit to Memphis, specifically speaking about the facilities uh, when I spoke to him after one of his games. This is what he had to say. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it was, it was nice. It was way nicer than I thought it was going to be. Because if you think of Memphis, you think of – because whenever you think of nice, uh, nice facilities, obviously you think of the Duke, the North Carolina. When we go there, that was the top, the top I've seen in a while, ever. And that officially closes the book on this week's discussion of Memphis basketball recruiting. 
That's all we're giving you here on the podcast. If you want more information about the class of 2020, the class of 2021, or the class of 2022, uh, class of 2022, one of my favorite players I saw the entire week that I was at the Adidas Gauntlet is a class of 2022 guy. And, you know, I just, I, I, could not say enough good things about this guy. So if you want to know about him and all the other new targets, want to know about how the current targets of 2020 and 2021 did, go on over to GoTigers247.com, sign up for a membership, check out everything that, that Christian puts out. It's, you know, it's tremendous value. It's basically less than a cup of coffee every single day. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. With that said, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about football. There's a few things that have happened uh, this week, early in the week, that uh, that need our attention. Christian, what's going on with Memphis football? So on Monday morning, uh, two Memphis football players were mentioned on preseason watch lists. Running back Patrick Taylor was on the Maxwell Award watch list, which is given to the best collegiate football player every year. And then defensive end Bryce Huff was listed on the Bednarik Award watch list, which is given to the best collegiate defender every year. And we saw this last year as well with Memphis' football team. A ton of guys um, got listed. Man, it was like every other day a guy was named to some sort of watch list. Oh, absolutely. I was like writing a different article every day about a player being named to a watch list. And I, and I really expect a lot more of that. This was obviously just the beginning of that. Yep. I'm sure we'll have a couple of guys from the offensive line listed on here. I'm sure DeMonte Coxie will be listed somewhere. So there will be a lot more of that to come. These were the first two. And I think it, once again, like we've been harping over for over a year now, just speaks to what Mike Norvell and his staff are doing with this football program. Uh, and it, to me, the most impressive thing about this, you have to think about what Patrick Taylor has accomplished throughout his career at Memphis as a number two running back. Patrick Taylor has never gotten the lion's share of carries at Memphis Yet he is on the Maxwell Award watch list. And I get it. It's a watch list. It's not saying that he's going to win the award or even be in the top ten of the award. But for him to even be mentioned before even becoming a starting running back just tells you the type of talent that Patrick Taylor has and what he's been able to accomplish behind a guy like Daryl Henderson. I mean, in in two years, he's racked up over 2,000 yards and nearly 30 rushing touchdowns just in the past two years without getting, you know, 25-plus carries a game, which to me is incredible. And then you have a guy like Bryce Huff, who was really an afterthought for Memphis fans. He didn't play a ton through his first couple years. Uh, and then he came out last year, was you know, was one of the better outside linebackers in the country uh, as far as getting to the quarterback and making tackles in the backfield. And now he'll be switching to defensive end in the new 4-3 system, which I think will fit him better. I think he'll be able to, you know, rush the passer a little bit more uh, with having his hand in the dirt. So it'll be interesting to see the way he adjusts to that new position, but if he's anything like he was last year, he'll be a big difference maker for this team because he was able to come out last year on a team that was des- in desperate need of pass rushers and, and really bolster the pass rush and, and help in the running game as well. So 
I'm sure they put a little bit of weight on him to take on offensive tackles a little better. But I think both of these guys deserve to be mentioned on these lists. And, and once again, it, it speaks a lot about this program and, and the direction that they're heading. Well, the fact that Patrick Taylor is being mentioned uh, preseason in this uh, watch list, also, you know, it's a nod to how much respect that a lot of these voters have for Mike Norvell and his system, uh, the amount of respect that they have for what he's been able to accomplish, and, and their expectations for his system with this team, especially at the kind of skill offensive positions like Patrick Taylor's. So it's, it's more than just about the players. It's not just the respect being shown to Patrick Taylor as a backup running back coming into this season. It's about this program as a whole, and that's massive. I mean, that is, that is visibility across the country. That is, uh, you know, national respect from writers, from uh, voters, from uh, peers. That is, that is just something that Memphis has never had before. Yeah, you can see that you're really starting to build something special when you get that type of notoriety overall as a team because they really have every position over the past few seasons gotten a ton of notoriety. I mean, Memphis's offensive line was mentioned among the top ten in the country last year. So it's just there's so many variables to it. There's so many factors to it that really have shed light on Memphis's football program. And I think having star players like Daryl Henderson really help that. But like you said, when you have a coaching staff like this who's dedicating to hitting the, to hitting the recruiting trail every year um, and making it to bowl games every year and winning the AAC West for back-to-back seasons, you start to get a lot more exposure on the program. I think, you know, when Memphis was first coming into success under, under Coach Fuente, you had a lot of skeptics about, okay, is this going to be a thing that lasts for a couple of years and then Memphis kind of goes back into the abyss and nobody really hears about their football program anymore. But Coach Norvell has been able to build on that, which was a tall task because there's a lot of expectations for this team now. I mean, you have people saying they're going to go undefeated, which once again is something we may need to pump the brakes on. But to be able to be mentioned as a team that can do that is something that I don't think Memphis football fans have dreamed of in some time. So I know we spend a ton of time on the basketball program. I know we laud the coaching staff, but I think for me and you, Brooks, it's just as impressive to sit back and watch what this football staff does uh, and the type of notoriety they get nationally pretty much on a, you know, at this at this time of the year, a weekly and monthly basis. Absolutely. I mean, let's just be straight up honest about it. If if Memphis basketball is at is at the level that it's currently at and Memphis football is at the level it was at underneath, um, let's just say Larry Porter, <laughs> I mean, no, literally no one would be talking about Memphis football. No one would be excited about Memphis football. And that's simply not the case at all right now. Memphis football is still a massive topic in the city of Memphis. I think people are extremely excited about what they're seeing from this staff with 2020 recruiting. Um, I think you'll see you know, the same enthusiasm from fans and the same number of bodies and seats, if not more this season than last. I think overall, given the atmosphere around the basketball program, just the fact that football is still being talked about is it shows how much fans really do care um, and how much respect they have for, for Mike Norvell and his staff and what they're building here at Memphis. So... Well, 
I don't know about you, but I am ready to just go chug like a gallon of water. Are we done? Because I don't know. I don't know if I can talk about anything else. What do we have anything else? I, we don't have anything else. And if we did, I believe both of our voices would give out, and nobody would be able to hear us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Christian, man, this has been a lot of fun. Again, for everyone out there that uh, has not been to the site and read all of our Peach Jam and Adidas Gauntlet coverage, uh, along with all of our coverage about the uh, preseason award watch list for the football program, football uh, recruiting. I mean, Christian was at Peach Jam in a gym for 13 hours, uh, went back to the hotel and wrote a football commitment article for y'all. So uh, still trying to show equal love. Uh, I know that everyone listening is equally excited about basketball and football. So that said, I've got nothing else. Christian's got nothing else. We're, we're both going to go pass out. Y'all have a great week. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. We will see you back here next week.